Um, Sunday night, this is the uh, 10th, 10th, right? Sunday night, the 10th. All right. Um, all right, last week, we're still talking about the kingdom of God. And just to kind of get you on base with us, the kingdom of heaven is really what we're talking about. Um, and there are several definitions. The first is the domain. Everything that God created within himself, that is the kingdom, his, his domain or his realm, everything. And then that's good and bad because um, when you read in the parables, the kingdom of heaven is like, it always talks about sowing the good seed and the evil one coming and stealing the seed and sowing the good seed and the evil one coming to plant tares. The good and the evil is in, this, is in his realm, in this whole domain. And um, when we're speaking about kingship with Jesus, he is going to reign in this domain. So if he is the Lord of your life, you are, in a sense, under the kingship of Jesus right now. And you are also in the kingdom of heaven. That means the lordship, uh, kingdom of God, the lordship of God. Okay. But there are so many um, aspects to the kingdom of God that we, we have coexisted with and not really understood. And um, so what we're doing is just kind of tearing the kingdom of heaven apart and just looking at it um, from all the angles. And um, so um, we just finished checking out the angels because usually if you're talking spirit and material, which is all the kingdom, um, the first thing you think of in the spirit realm are the angels. And you think of um, the good angels and the fallen angels because they're all part of the spirit realm. But there's so much more that um, I, at least I... I had not thought about this way. And um, so last week I tried to kind of gloss through that. And the Lord says, no, we're not going to do that. So we're going back. Um, we started last week talking about the fact that whatever is in the material realm is a pattern or a type of what's already in the spirit realm. I mean, it's the same designer. God did it all. So you know every designer has his own style. So whatever um, whatever is in the material came out of the spirit realm. It came out of God himself. So this material world, unperverted, was very much a type and a shadow of what the heavenly kingdom looks like in the spirit realm, if you could just kind of step back out of your body and, you know, spin around and look, it would be very similar. Um, <clears throat> but the flesh in us is so real, it's just so in your face all the time, that we lose track of that, the fact that we really do live in a spiritual kingdom. And um, there's so many times when... Um, you know, life just gets so bad and you think, I'm backed in a corner. You know, what am I going to do? I'm at, just, I'm at my wit's end. I'm just backed in a corner. But God says, there's no corner. Just turn around. You know, you, the spirit realm is unlimited. And you have access to this unlimited spirit realm and everything that's in it. 
and you're never backed in a corner. You just have to understand that the resources to answer your material problem are in the spirit world or in the spirit realm because that's where God's laid them up for us. And we're going to look at a scripture to show that, that he has laid up those answers, those blessings for us, but he's done it in the spiritual realm, not in the material. Um, so let's start with 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Old ground, but um, let's just go back there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this time I really mean it. I think last time I took us on Wild Goose Chase and Ezekiel and oh my gosh. So, but this time I really mean it. <laughs> okay, 2 Corinthians 4, we're going to start with verse 13. Because Paul is talking here to the Corinthians about um, <coughs> the struggles in the spirit realm, I mean in the flesh realm, really have to do with What's going on in the spirit realm? Things you can't see. And he's saying things like, you know, the, um, the God of this world who we can't see, Satan who, you know, who has his realm in the heavenlies around the earth, has blinded the minds of people. And um, so Paul is speaking about how the spirit realm and the beings in the spirit realm affect the material. And then he's trying to explain to them that, again, we're not backed in a corner. We're not helpless. We just have to, we just have to remember, you know, who we are. And um, so after he talks about, you know, what goes on in the world, um, look at verse 6. Because here we go talking about light again. Um, we're going to come back to light again. We've all been there, but... Um, We'll be talking about light some more. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So we have this earthen vessel, but guess what? Our excellency comes out of the spirit realm. Okay? And um, so we have to understand that this, while this is an earthen vessel, we're just a vessel. What we contain is spiritual. What this, this tent contains is spirit. And we are more spirit than we really are material. The, the material is subject to change, but not the spirit. Your spirit person is not subject to change in that sense. You know, we're all running downhill. I can, I can vouch for that. But... Um, the spirit person, like Paul says, even though your flesh is running downhill, your spirit man is renewed every day. You know, that's an eternal being. So right away he's beginning to show us, okay, you're going to have troubles, but this is what I want you to remember. So verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. <clears throat> for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, 
that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore I have spoken. So we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. And the abundant grace, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet our inward man, our spirit man, is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So he's talking about all the difficulties and the troubles that they have. But he knows, okay, this is just a, a body that I'm in. But I'm a spirit being. And I don't care what happens in my body. My spirit is alive and it continues to be renewed every day. I'm not going anywhere, okay? And then this is what he says. And this is the focus, right? While we look not at things which are seen. In other words, you're not going to focus on this material realm, which we do. We focus on this material realm all the time. But he says, don't look at this material world. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And the word seen there also, aside from just meaning, you know, look at with your mind's eye, it also means perceive with your five senses. You can literally perceive the kingdom of God, the spirit realm, with your five senses. You know, we're wired to do that. And we've talked about our brain over and over again. We're wired to do that. But we just, because we don't know it and we haven't really exercised it, a lot of this understanding about where we really live remains dormant. You know, it's there, but it remains dormant. But God has put all that belongs to us in the spirit realm. Go to um, Ephesians. Go there first. Um, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to come back to this scripture in a little bit. And you just want to read um, two verses real quick. And then we're going to come back and read more of it. Ephesians chapter 1. Just two quick verses here. Okay. Grace be to you in peace. This is verse 2 and 3. From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So all of the blessings that He has blessed us with are in spiritual places. We access them through the spirit realm, not through the material realm. He has stored those blessings up for us in the spirit realm so that we can access them. But it's like Paul says, if you're going to walk in victory, you have to take your eyes off of the seen and put it on the unseen. Um, Paul says, you know, the, the, the seen um, world is temporary, but the unseen is 
um, eternal. I could say it like this. this. The world that we see, the material world we see is subject to change. But the unseen world is immutable, unchangeable. You can put your full weight on that kingdom. Nothing is going to shift under you. There is no shifting sand. What God says is. Okay? And in the spirit realm, it is. Um, we just need to get a, a different mindset. Okay? Um, the kingdom of heaven is immeasurable. I mean, you know, there, it's beyond even fathoming. Even the material realm is beyond uh, us fathoming, really. Because you've got all the universes, everything that's material that we can see that is still unfathomable, right? But then the spirit realm is even more unfathomable and unmeasurable than that. And as living human beings with a spirit man in us, we have free access to much of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I really hadn't thought about that a lot. You know, I know we do. My citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven. I've been translated, you know, and we're going to read those scriptures. But what I'm saying to you is, is that we have access to much of the unseen, the kingdom of heaven. Um... We can we walk around in it all the time. We just don't know it, you know. Um, you're in Ephesians, right? Just look at Ephesians chapter two. And we'll read a little bit here. Um, born again, children of God have more access in the spirit realm than unborn again. Children, Unborn again children though do have access to the unseen, to the spirit realm. And when you're thinking about the kingdom of God, you have to understand that there's more than angels. There are spirit beings. The spirits of living human beings that traverse that spirit realm, that unseen realm. And um, uh, when you think about it in terms of discerning of spirits and false prophets, then it kind of makes sense to you. But what you have to realize is that on a day-to-day -day basis, everybody is a spirit being. Every human being is a spirit being. And they do have access to the spirit realm. So we're all, in a sense, walking around this material world, but our spirit being is walking around in the unseen world. It's there. Because God says it's there. Okay? Look at Ephesians 2. Start with verse 1. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So where does that spirit work? He works in the spirits of the children of disobedience. Okay? among whom we all had our conversations in times past in the lusts of our flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others, okay? So when we were not born again we were still, our spirit being was still affected by the spirit realm of the kingdom of heaven. 
But we were just being plagued with the prince of the power of the air. Satan, who is doing his dead level best to destroy as many as he can, you know, to get hold of us. And he is not a material being. The only way he can get to us is through our spirit, through our thought life, you know. But we had a spirit in, in, the, in, the, um, in the heavenly realm, in the unseen realm. Okay, now look what happens. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 1 it says that's where our blessings are stored up. In heavenly places. In the material, we're still walking around here, but in the spirit, we have been given greater access in the spirit realm that we don't um, that we don't always acknowledge. We've been raised up and seated in the spirit realm in heavenly places. You know, in multiple dimensions in the heavenly realms, we have access and a seat of authority in the spirit realm. Um, and we don't often think about that, you know. Um, <coughs> Um, start with, let's see, go to Colossians. Colossians 1. So we have direct access to a great deal of the kingdom of heaven that we don't think about. Um, for me, I still have those feet of clay and I'm stuck here. Even when I'm praying, you know, I feel like I'm standing in the material realm trying to reach into the spirit realm a lot of times. And I have to stop that. You know, I have to stop that because I'm a spirit being in the spirit realm accessing from a seat of authority the blessings that God has stored for me there. And when you start to look at it like that and you see that we have greater access to the kingdom of heaven than those who are not born again, you know, you begin to see it. Um, just to kind of give you an example of, of those who are not born again. Think about those spirit beings that practice astral projection. That's all spirit. It's dark, but it's spirit. Think about those who sell themselves to the devil. You know, their souls. Um, those who, um, and they have a spiritual influence. False prophets um, have a spiritual influence. And they have access to the spirit realm. However... Jesus has raised us up. And in those spiritual realms, he has put us in a seat of authority over the darkness in the kingdom of heaven. Now, we're not talking about the kingdom of God, the kingship and the lordship of Jesus Christ in, in the sense of this created realm. I'm talking about our position in this creative realm. Okay? Um, we have great access that... Uh, we need to think about Colossians 1. Are you there? Um, we're going to go Colossians 1, 2, and 3. Um, all right, Colossians 1, start with verse 9. Okay. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
He doesn't say mental understanding there. He says spiritual understanding. There is a depth of understanding in the spirit realm that we don't have just in our own understanding of things. So when you begin to pray for wisdom and knowledge, pray for that spiritual wisdom and knowledge. You know, not just, not just a material understanding, but you want to see things from the spirit realm. You want to be able to see the unseen, not just the seen. You want that, the wisdom that comes from the unseen. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering and joyfulness. Well, where are we strengthened with his might? It's certainly not my physical body. If I get any strength, I have to go to the gym for that. So where does that strength come from and how do we access it? It is in the spirit realm and it strengthens our spirit being. Okay? So it's one of the blessings that has been stored up for us there is that power that God uses to strengthen us, to renew us every day. Okay. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And that's pretty cool when you think about light being both material and immaterial. Um, science is just, we, we studied this a few years back. Light is the smallest particle of existent matter in the universe. And it is the only particle of matter in the universe that is both material and immaterial. And God is light. So everything in the universe is made of light. It's all created from light. Okay. Um, but there is a darkness, you know, and some people, we're all made of light. We all emanate light because if I look at you, I'm just seeing light reflected in light, you know, emanating from you. That's what I see. Um, but... Um, there is a light in the spirit realm illuminating our spirit person that makes us in the spirit realm like day glow, neon. You know, we're little neon signs in the spirit realm. I don't think we're aware of it so much, but we are lit up like a lightning bug that never turns off, you know, in the, in the spirit realm. So, um, <clears throat> we are partakers of that light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into what? The kingdom of his dear son. So not only are we are we you know lifted up out of the darkness, but we are translated into and this literally is the kingship of Jesus Christ. But where is that kingship? It's in the spirit realm. We are seated together with him in heavenly places. That's where our authority is. Our flesh, man, I don't know about yours, but mine really is, I'm still waiting on that. Okay, but my spirit woman, my spirit being in the heavenly places is seated in a place of authority. And things that happen in the spirit realm determine what happens in the material. And we have an authority there and a power there that has been given us by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we need to be <clears throat> thinking more along those terms. Okay, so now we're translated into his kingdom. We are seated together with him in seats of authority in multiple dimensions in the kingdom of God. I mean, wow. Think about that. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the visible or the perceptible image of the invisible God 
the firstborn of every creature. And guess what? We, as the body of Christ, are the visible image of the invisible God. Because we are the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. So you are a visible image of the invisible God. Alright? If you're part of His body and He is the visible image of the invisible God, then we are part of that visible image of the invisible God. We're part of that. I don't think about that. I don't give a great deal of thought to it, but, well, lately I have, but, you know, it's not something that that I grasped. Okay. And why is that the case? Because by Him all things were created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Meaning all all things are held together by Him. (coughs) Visible and invisible. Okay? And you and I, whether you think about it or not, I mean, I've always thought about this as being, you know, the rulers and the in the spirit realm and you think about Ephesians 6 the evil the principalities and powers I've always thought about that but you know what God is showing me he says do you realize that you have a seat of authority in the invisible realm you have a throne of authority in the invisible realm we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places somewhere we're in that verse Somewhere we're in there. I've never put myself in there. But we're seated together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Do you get any higher than that throne? I mean, seriously. Um, and so we got to start thinking about ourselves as people with great authority that we exercise out of the material, out of the invisible to the visible. And, and, you know, we've had that um, example from years ago. Um, Paul was telling the Ephesians, you know, we're, we're, we're um, ambassadors here. We, we don't, you know, this isn't our home address. This body that we live in is the embassy. But our spirit man who lives in the embassy is like every other ambassador around the world. The property, the material property, belongs to the living God, Right? But that's not um, who we are. It's just where we live. And all of our source and resources are in the spirit realm. We, we look to the spirit kingdom, the kingdom of God, the, the lordship of Jesus Christ, because that's where he has hidden all of our blessings, every spiritual blessing. So that every embassy, wherever they are, look to the United States for their source. Just because India is one of the poorest countries in the world, the embassy in India is gorgeous. And the, and the ambassador lives well. And he has a certain authority that he can exercise in that place. He is seated in a place of authority. And he represents the United States. You and I And our authority doesn't come from the world where he lives. It doesn't come from India. 
It comes from the United States. Okay, as ambassadors, our authority, we're seated together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. When we're here, our authority comes from the unseen kingdom of the living God. And our authority can be exercised in this material realm where God has planted us. Which is pretty exciting to me. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at this with kind of fresh eyes myself here. Um, <clears throat> get a little excited here. All right, now skip down from there. Go to verse 25. And he's still talking about the same thing here. Okay, of which I'm a minister. You know, you could say of which I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador of, of the kingdom of God. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador of the living God. I am showing the world what the kingdom of God is like, what the blessings are, what it, you know, that's what we do. Okay. According to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The confident expectation of glory. That mystery was hid from the enemy. All these generations... He never dreamed that Messiah would turn around and put his very spirit in just regular human beings like us. And that we would be walking in this world like he was, an ambassador. The visible image of the invisible God. Exercising authority where he was seated in heavenly places with the Father. So we have an authority that we can exercise that we're not exercising very well. If we were exercising it, the church would not be in such a mess. Okay? Who would not be in such a mess? Okay, now go to Colossians chapter 2. This is better this time, do you think? Okay. That's good. All right. I'm sorry, where did you say go? Okay, Colossians chapter 2. Just turn the page. Mm hmm. Okay, verse 5. Here he is talking about, again, Paul is talking about how he uh, communicates in the spirit realm and how he has to deal with his own flesh body, like you and I, this earthen vessel. But the spirit man is free. Your spirit man is free, okay? Now look at this. He can't be with them. He wants to go there, but he can't be with them right now. But he's not discouraged about it because this is what he says. Look at verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught <clears throat> abounding therein with thanksgiving now look Paul says 
my flesh man, I, I'm, I'm stuck here. But my spirit man is right there with you because we are one in Christ. And with my spirit eyes, I can see what's going on with you. I can see and enjoy beholding your order and your steadfastness of faith in Christ Jesus. Um, I know we say that. I know I can't be there with you and body, but I'm there with you in spirit. But I never really think that I'm there with you in spirit when we really are. You know, we're never going to be separated. We're all born again. We're all part of the same body. We are never going to be separated. There are no boundaries so, in the spirit. That's exactly right. There's no time no limit. No, no space limit. We haven't quite gotten there. You're ahead of me. But good girl. <laughs> good girl. The spirit realm is not constrained by the time-space continuum. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Ecuador is right there. And in the spirit realm, you are right there. You know, um, your flesh couldn't do as much as your spirit woman can anyway. A lot of people don't realize, but when you're in the spirit and you're in communion with the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, mm -hmm. He gives you information. That's right. Insight, understanding, divine wisdom. That's right. And it's all without limits. Mm -hmm. He communicates what's happening there. You may say, I have a second sense or sixth sense or I have a gut feeling that. <clears throat> that's right. A lot of times, that's the Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. things together throughout our natural realm. That's to right. To give you information you could not have right. naturally. And we, we don't recognize it. Yeah. But we need to start recognizing it. We need to start spending more time in the unseen than we spend in the same. And... um. And you're right, it is without limits. Um, we don't have any physical constraints in the spirit realm. So yeah, in Jesus' name, in Jesus Christ, you are right there with that baby girl of yours. You know, you may not feel it with your flesh body, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. And in the spirit realm, you have all those blessings stored up that you can pour out on that child. You know, when I, I, I mean, I think about that and I think about, wow, I kind of pray around here and moan and whine about stuff, you know, my kids and <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm thinking, no, I don't have to do that. I, I, I am without constraints and without limits in the spirit realm. You can never back yourself into a corner in the spirit realm. There aren't any corners, so to speak. That's where it gets exciting. That's it. When you start to understand that concept. That's right. Precept. That's it. You know, then you start to apply it and function in it and flow. That's it. right. That that opens up everything. That's it. And think about people like Philip. Okay, Philip. Um, we'll start with Enoch for Pete's sake. All all those thousands of years ago, Enoch, he would just spend so much time in the spirit realm, so much time in the spirit realm, that finally he just went over and never came back. You know, he just stepped over there and just didn't come back. And think about Elisha. Just took off. He just went. And um, Philip, little Philip, he was so far over in the spirit realm that he was able to be transported. You know, he baptized that guy in the water after he told him about um, Isaiah, explained the teachings of Isaiah. When that guy came up out of the water, Philip was transported. 
because he had cut himself loose from all the boundaries you know that tied him down and Jesus is our example he's in the middle of the river I mean in the middle of the sea and there's a big storm and then the storm stops and all of a sudden they're on the shore that translated the whole thing was translated to the shore they didn't have to row there the whole night it was just there you know, but because they were cut loose, Jesus was cut loose from the boundaries of this physical world. And as light beings, the more light we fill ourselves with, the more we become like that light being, like Jesus. Um, you know, and in Second Corinthians it says, "As you look into the mirror of the Word, you you are transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory. You become more glorious, more glorious, more glorious. You become more like that light being, and you become less bound to the flesh. You become freer in the spirit realm." Now I'm excited because I'm just now going, "Whoa, myself here." Um. And uh, I'm so thankful God said back back the train up here because um, it's important. Okay, um, did we do chapter 2, 5 through 7? We did. All right, go to chapter 3. He's still talking about the same thing. You know, this is the same letter. Look at verse 1. And he, he's talking about the struggle that we have. We, we focus on this material man so much. We get over under the law. Touch not, taste not, don't do this, don't do that. You know, he said, then you forget about your spirit man. Your spirit man is lost in this religious hullabaloo. And Paul's going, that's not the way it ought to be. You know, we, we should be focusing more on... Um, our spirit man and neglecting the body more, you know, and, and building up our flesh man more. So then he goes on now with what he was saying. Look at verse 1 in chapter 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. And guess what? If you're in Christ Jesus, you are seated together with Him in all those heavenly dimensions. So why should you be focusing on your flesh body and the do-nots and the, you know, and the will-nots and the have-nots and the, all that? Focus on the spirit realm where you're seated in heavenly places. Set your affections on things above. Things outside of the material realm. Not on the things on the earth. In the material. Don't set your affections on. And you know that's kind of a. I mean it's a sickness with us. Because I mean even in our suffering. Sometimes we just love wallowing in it. I mean you know we just love that. Feels good to whine and moan. And feels good to feel sorry if you're a penny party. Sir. I mean I've had quite a few. So I know. You know fleshly they feel good. But Paul's saying, don't do that. Don't, don't love that flesh. Don't pay attention to that flesh. Fall in love with and seek the unseen. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek where you're seated. Seek what's there and you don't need a pity party, right? For you are dead. Your flesh really is dead, okay? And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, 
shall appear, then you also appear with him in glory. Why? Because we're connected. Mortify your members. In other words, just get your flesh out of the way. Um, which are on the earth. Just mortify that flesh body. Just don't pay attention to it. And then he talks about all the sins and things, but I, and I'm not going into that list. But I wanted to say that. Mortify your members, which are on the earth. Don't pay attention to that. We get into that, that worry mode. We get into that cycle of, I can't do enough. I can't be enough. I can't, you know, I get, I get hit with that a lot. Being retired, everybody says, so what are you doing now? <laughs> you know? And then this guilt hits me like, well, not much. <laughs> you know? And then there's a guilt and a condemnation in that because what? I am looking at the flesh. I am looking at conditions in the flesh. I'm not looking in the spirit realm. I'm not looking where I'm, I'm working hard in the spirit realm. Not paying attention to that. I'm just looking at this puny, whiny body that, you know, not doing much, which I like. I'm just saying, but <laughs> might as well not be embarrassed about it, you know. But what I feel like doing. That's it. Yeah, and um, we need to get free of that. I need to get free of that because we really do a lot in the spirit realm, but we just don't realize it. You know what God's called us to do. Wherever you are, whatever you're saying, whoever you're ministering to, wherever you're sharing. Um, I thought God did such a good job today. Mm -hmm. um, he did. I really did. He nailed that. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I told Bill I was sitting in church and here he was preaching about what's in your heart. You know, when your heart is burning and on fire, then it's easy to say something to somebody. Flipped open my Bible. There in Matthew it was. And I had it, you know, underlined, highlighted, just like everybody else. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. It was just right there. It was like God was saying, mm -mm -mm. that's it, you know? Um, <clears throat> so, and those things you can't put into words. You don't know. You know, you can't, you can't put that into words. But, but we have a heavenly, <clears throat> an unseen realm where we sit and where things are being accomplished, whether we know it or not. They just are. And um, you can't just tell somebody that, you know. It's hard to do that. Now, having said that, we have access, right? Um, as we are right now, we have a lot of access in the kingdom of God. We can walk around in a lot of the kingdom of heaven. A lot of it in the spirit realm. But not all of it. The one place that we don't have access is to the very face of God. We can't go there yet because our flesh body couldn't handle the jolt of that much power. You know, um, uh, if any of you have ever felt that, sometimes when the power of God hits you, um, your flesh shakes. You just shiver all over because the power is so uh, strong that it makes you tremble. Well, wow, just think about what would happen to your body if you really stepped over and looked at the face of the living God. You know, there are places that we cannot go yet. Places that are reserved. Is that a different face than the face of Jesus? Um, it's, it's really one and the same. Um, because now, 
Jesus is glorified. He is back to the original state where he was before um, he left and came to earth. If you, you know, if you read in John 17, he says, Return my glory to me, the glory that I laid aside when I came to earth, so that I am glorified in you. Um, the, you know, if he showed up here with his flesh body, we'd be able to look at him. Because he's done that. I mean, I know people who have seen him and talked with him and, you know, he shows up. But if you, if you were stepping over into that throne room where, where the living God is seated right there at the very uh, source of the fire, mm -mm. Paul and James and, and, I mean, Peter and James and John could not look at Jesus when he was transformed on the mountain. They fell down on their faces. Then Peter had the nerve to say, Maybe we should build you a tent, you know. And people couldn't look at Moses. He was so bright, so lit up from being in the presence of God. He had to hide himself under a veil because we couldn't. So I don't think we could, you know, just look at him just outright now. There's no way that we could handle that. It would be like looking straight into the sun, which that's not good. I've heard that. Never tried it, but I've heard it. So, um... When you think about that, there is a place where we, we're not allowed to go. Go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5. <clears throat> As long as we have a body, just being right in the presence of God, it's, it's not available to us. But everything else is, and I'm going to show you some cool things here in a minute. Start with verse 1. <clears throat> and here again he goes on, because he just finished saying, you know, while we look at the unseen and not the seen. <clears throat> so now he's going to continue talking here about this body and this spirit thing. Okay, the seen and the unseen, the visible and the invisible. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. So even in the spirit realm, we're a part of Christ. You know, we, we are a part of the living temple of God. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. And amen to that. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. I like that too. For we that are in this tabernacle, in this, in this embassy, do groan, being burdened, not for that we should be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up by life. Now, he that has wrought for us a self-same thing is God, who also has given us the earnest of his spirit. So we have the down payment of it. We don't have the whole thing yet because we're still stuck with this um, anchor in the material realm. It's a good thing. Like Paul says, for me to be here in this, in this body, that's good for you. 
So it's good for the world that you and I as born-again believers are, are stuck here in this flesh body. That we are his ambassadors. It's good. But like Paul says, man, there's better coming. Therefore, we, are all, we always are confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So, therefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we might be accepted of him. For we all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Okay, so our spirit man is already judged. You know, we're in Christ Jesus. Now, in our body, whatever we did in this embassy, that still has to be evaluated. So the accountant is coming to judge, you know, what we did. Now, that doesn't mean on our own, striking out on our own, doing what we think, because that's what the church does. The more I do, the more committees I'm on, the more stuff I volunteer for, the better my record's going to be. If you're out there volunteering and doing all this crazy stuff, you're going to miss what God's called you to do. You are flat out going to miss it. That's what Paul said. Paul said, don't worry about this body. You know, don't worry about doing this and don't do that and, you know, following this law and not following that law. Ignore your body and go in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, God is going to take you where you need to go or, you know, do whatever you need to do. But it'll be a natural flow of your existence. Um, and, and you're going to be assured that you're doing what God wants you to do. So relax. You know, just relax in that. We haven't. We're just so tense because everybody around us is judging us. So, what are you doing now that you're retired, right? And you know right away the measuring stick's coming out. And I say, well, I'm doing this and that. And I've had people say, gee, I thought you'd be into more stuff than that. And you go, what? <laughs> Why did you think that? Because <laughs> I sure never thought that. Mm. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But we can't, we can't worry about the measuring stick. We just can't. And, um, you know, we have to get to where um, we can do what God wants us to do. And that is pay attention to the spirit realm, not so much attention to the worldly realm. One of the worst battles that I have every day is um, going down to get in the Word. You know, I'm in the Word for an hour or two and all, but I look, and all of a sudden I look up and I go, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for two hours. i got to get up from here and do something. Oh. You know, I mean, you do. I find myself doing that. i got to get up and do something. And what if the Lord's saying... You stay right here because I have stuff I want to show you. But it is a terrible battle for me to do that because the guilt is so bad I can't even focus, you know. But that's just where, where I am because you're only supposed to spend this much time and, boy, you're way over. You're way over quiet time. And um, what if I, I needed to spend a whole day? I don't know if my guilt complex could handle it. I might just go into overload and explode. <laughs> but, um, poor Bill. <laughs> yeah, I know poor Bill is exactly right. But I, <clears throat> I have to get over some of that too. We all do. Every day we do. Because there's somebody out there with a dang measuring stick and it's probably you measuring yourself compared to somebody else or, you know. 
Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. That's right. And um, we just yeah. You know, and that was part of that study. The last should be first, the first should be last, the least should be, you know, the greatest, the greatest will be the least. In God's eyes, whatever he's called you to do is equally important as what he's called anybody else to do. You know, it, it's just that way. And um, we just need to be faithful to it. So, in this place where born-again believers who have lost this body, when this body falls off, Born-again believers are just going to step right over into the presence of God. Now, this is a what-if, because I don't know. But when John <clears throat> was taken into heaven in Revelations, the angel says, do you want to see the body of Christ? And where was he taken? To the New Jerusalem. You know, it's, it, it's opaque. You can see everything. And there's the body of Christ in the New Jerusalem. And I think that big city, think about it, 1,500 miles cubed. That's a big place. With roads and rivers and trees and dwelling places. Because Jesus said, you know, I'm building you dwelling places. If that's where the very presence of God is, because that's really what it says. And I want to show you this because it's kind of neat. Go to Revelations um, I think 21. I've read this so many times, but it just hit me this time. You know how sometimes it does. Uh, Revelation 21. How are we doing on time? Wow, we're doing really good. I'm talking fast. No, <laughs> God. I still haven't gotten back to where I was when I left you guys <laughs> last week. So it's like that's where I left you last week. So, that, you know, this was all what the Lord was showing me this week. So I'm just like having to back up here. Okay. Um, start with verse. <laughs> start with verse 21. They describe the gates and the walls and the, you know, everything about it. <clears throat> and they walked all around it and measured the city and, you know, how big it was and, you know, everything in it and the buildings and the walls and all that stuff was there. Okay? And the fountain of life was there and the rivers that flowed. But now all of a sudden, he says, I want to, but I want to point something out to you here. So look at verse 21. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold. As it were, transparent glass. So, um, there are streets. And they're gold. And I love it. And look at this. New Jerusalem. Guess what? And I saw no temple. I saw no temple. But you know what? When Moses was given directions in the desert, mm -hmm. God said, I want you to build this after the pattern that I give you. Mm -hmm. And in Hebrews, the man says, and we're going to look at the scripture in a minute, 
that pattern was directly um, parallel to the temple in heaven. Okay? He said, I'm going to show it to you. But here in New Jerusalem, it says, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So, I think to me, and I know you've heard the stories and read the stories like 90 Minutes in Heaven and <clears throat> Heaven's for Real and that, that there are gates. And, and the man that was 90 Minutes in Heaven never went through the gates. But the little boy in Heaven's for Real went through the gates and he saw the man outside the gates. Okay? So there are gates. Well, uh, there it is. New Jerusalem has gates. Not only does it have gates, it has big doors in the gates that are always open, day and night, you know. People can come and go. I think, and this is totally me, that when we pass, we go right into the heart of the living God. There's no temple there. There's no need for a temple. You're just face to face with the living God right there in the New Jerusalem where there are dwelling places and a gorgeous place to live. And you, we're going to be able to sit down with Peter and James and John and Paul and talk scripture and converse and you know it's a place where you can be with the people who've gone before you know love on your family members and because it's interesting most everybody not most everybody but a lot of people um, you know I know who have passed have seen family before they left mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. they've seen family and my mom was so sick in the hospital a few years back, and I remember her saying that she could see her mama. You know, man, did I start praying in the spirit hard. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that we're, that's going to be a fellowship place for all the saints that have gone before us. Um, those saints are vitally interested in what's going on in the material realm. You and I can't communicate with them. But, you know, Hebrews 12 says they surround us and they watch as we run our race. They are intimately interested and concerned. Jesus said, you know, I was talking to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob before I came and they were thrilled to death to see my coming. And all those Pharisees are going, what are you talking about? You're 30 years old. You don't. Those men lived thousands of years ago. And that's when he got himself in trouble. Because he said, um, before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am. Yeah. But there's no, you know, that's just the time constraints are gone there. There is no time-space continuum in heaven. It's all now. Everything. And um, so to me, that makes sense. Not saying that's what it is, but I'm saying that makes sense to me. Okay? Um, but the rest of our inheritance, just like we read in Ephesians 1, is in heavenly places. And um, go to Philippians 3. Okay, read, start with verse 15. 
Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything you be otherwise minded, God will reveal even that to you. Be spirit minded. Okay? Be spirit minded. Because that's where we are. That's where our residence is. Be spirit minded. Okay? And if we're not being spirit minded, if you're listening, the Holy Spirit will show you that. Nevertheless, where to we have already attained, let's walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk as you have us for, as, for an ensample. For many walk, of whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. But our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the word conversation here is a word that means our community, our citizenship, our gathering place is in the kingdom. You know, it, it is not here in earthly things. It's in the spirit realm, in the heavenly things. That's where our conversation is. So we shouldn't be minding so much the earthly things. Because that's our community is the spirit realm. We're seated together with Jesus in heavenly places. You and me. And aside from this body that keeps us physically locked in a place, I am with you and you're with me. You know. Um, and we need to stop thinking of that. Like Tina says, the time-space continuum. We haven't gotten there yet, but yes. We need to stop thinking about that time-space continuum. It's just not there for us. Not in the spirit realm. Um, when we run into an issue, we just step into the spirit realm and pray around it. You know, we can walk all around it in the spirit realm. Get the wisdom of God on it. Take authority over it. Speak over it. Release the word from the spirit realm and all that inheritance. But we need to understand that we can do that. And that we can hem up that situation and take care of it. Um, because God has given us that ability, that power to do so. So when you look back, you think, okay, here are the parallels between the kingdoms. In the material realm, there is this flesh bunch right here. We got all got the flesh. And some of us are light beings, some of us are dark beings, even in the flesh. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can look at some of those terrorists and you see the dark coming out of their eyes. Just the darkness. You can see that demonic um, oppression, even in their flesh. And um, Jesus said that in Matthew, you know. He said, your eyes are the window of your soul, the light. Mm -hmm. You know, when the light, when the illumination is of God, when it's false, when it's that eternal light, how great is the light? But if your dark, if your light is obscured, covered up, how great is, how dark is your light? The light is darkened in you. It's still there. You're still made of light. You're still a light being. But because the light is obscured, it's the darkness that has taken control there and blotted out the light. Okay. So in the spirit realm, that's us. 
Um, go to 1 Corinthians 15. You know what has surprised me? How much Paul talks about this and how little I knew of it. You know, how little I paid attention to Paul talking about the difference, you know, in living out of the spirit realm as opposed to living out of the flesh. I mean, it's all there and yeah, you knew it, but I didn't, I didn't pay that much attention to it. But he spends an awful lot of time talking about that. Where the victories in the spirit realm, looking at the unseen, not the seen, um, being seated in heavenly places together, um, our authority and our seat of authority is in the spirit realm. Then he says this body's just a, an embassy, you know, that we inhabit, that we are the ambassadors. I mean, you know, when you start to look at the body of his writing, he spends a lot of it talking just about this very thing getting out of your sense of yourself of your flesh and begin to understand the sense of who you are okay in this scripture this is kind of an uh, interesting one but this is he's actually dealing with your flesh body and and the fact that it's like a seed planted in the ground you know when you die and um, um, it's kind of this is an interesting Look at it. You know, it's just like another another explanation. Okay, look at verse um, 35. 1 Corinthians 15. And start with verse 35. And he's talking again about your material body as opposed to your heavenly spiritual being okay and this is kind of this is an interesting one to me I, I have to chew on this one a lot some man will say how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come you fool that which you sow is not quickened except it die so in other words what is your body going to look like when you're raised up well I can tell you right now, you're going to be a pure light being. You'll, you know, you'll have the same characteristics. People will recognize you because they do. Look at um, um, the rich man and Lazarus. You know, they were both dead, but the rich man looked up and recognized Lazarus right away, even though he was a light being living with Abraham in Abraham's bosom. Um, we'll be able to recognize each other. But we're not going to have a body that is anything like this. So that's why Paul says, you're such a fool. You're not going to get a body like this again. It's dead. You know, it falls in the earth, it dies. Um, you fool, that which sows is not quickened except it die. And that which you sow, you sow not that body that shall be. So in other words, whatever falls in the ground like a kernel of corn, a kernel of corn is not going to pop up out of the dirt. You know, the body that comes up out of the dirt from that kernel that's sown is far different. It's this big, tall, green plant that comes up, you know. So he says, you can't, you can't relate what you're going to be to what you already know. It doesn't work that way. That which you sow, you sow not that body that shall be, but a bare grain. And it may chance of wheat, or some other grain. But God gives it a body as it has pleased him and to every seed his own body. 
all flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. Heavenly bodies, land bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, another glory of stars, for one star differs from another in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption and raised in incorruption. The body that we're going to get is going to be way different. But your spirit woman, your spirit man, is going to be like it is, only more glorified. Okay? You're... You are superimposed on this material body. If the body fell off, if I could see you, I'd still know who you were and you'd still know who I was. Okay. But it's just glorified in a way that we haven't experienced yet. Okay, 43. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It is raised in power. I love that. It is sown a natural body, but it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Even now is what he's saying. Even now, there's a natural body, but there's also a spirit body. And you've got to know that you've got a spirit body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living soul. The last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Um, so it doesn't talk about a living body. He was a living spirit. Um, in Genesis 1, speaking spirit, right? How be it, or in Genesis 2, how be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. So in other words, God formed that man out of the earth. That was first. But then he breathed that spirit man into him. The, the spirit being then came second to man. Um, the first man is of the earth, earthy. And that's our issue. <laughs> okay. The second man is the Lord of heaven. As the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. That's us. Those of us who are material, who have a material being, are very material. You know, whether we're talking about our flesh or our neighbor's flesh or our kids or anything going on, we have this very earthly attitude. Even though we have a spirit man on the inside of us. Um, as is the heavenly such are they also that are heavenly. Now think about that. Of those of us who are heavenly minded, who are spirit minded, you know, we have that spirit man. So there are people who are earthly minded, who have that earthly body. Think about the earth. And then there are those who are heavenly minded, seated together in heavenly places with the living God. And they, you know, have, and they're more conscious of their spirit man. Okay, 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So again, he's talking about this difference that we, you know, we have to acknowledge that we are a flesh being, but we don't have to live our lives as if we are in a trap, trapped in an earthly body. You're not, you know, and as your earthly body starts to run down as, some of us are. I just have to remind myself that my spirit man is alive and well in the kingdom of God and I have to change my focus. 
you know, and, and trust God to renew my spirit man daily, you know. We, we're, we're well and alive without this little house. <laughs> Believe me. And I'm not fond of this house. So, you know, if it goes tomorrow, I'm fine with that. But, um, yeah, you know, um, like Paul says, to be in the body is good for everybody, but to be with God is way better. So, yeah. So on this earth, we have these material bodies walking around. People that you and I interact with all the time. And then Paul says, but you know what? Our battles and our struggles are not with flesh and blood. We don't, we don't have any struggle with flesh and blood. Because there's nothing you can do with that. God can't even control our flesh and blood. He gave us free choice. And we got it, buddy. If he could control it, we'd all be born again. But because of the way he set things up, he can't control it either. So that's not where our issues are. Where are our issues? They're in the spirit realm. Everything that we deal with comes from where we're seated in heavenly places in the authority of Jesus Christ. We deal with things from the spirit realm. And the flesh will change, but you and I can't change somebody's flesh. And you and I can't argue them out of stuff. The more you argue, the worse it gets anyway. Our battle is in the spirit realm. Now, for every living human being in the spirit realm, there's a spirit man walking around. And he's there and we run into him. And we need to be discerning about that. Um, uh, go to... Or you're still in 1 Corinthians, right? Mm -hmm. Alright, back up to chapter 2. Somehow I got to Luke. Weird. Too excited here. Okay. We're just about to quit here. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I, yeah, jump right in there. I had, uh, I think I mentioned this the last time, I had a, a patient that lost both eyes. They had to remove the eyes, actually. Wow. And... Uh, <clears throat> But the funny thing was, uh, I heard a commotion outside the house the other night, and uh, and, and it was this boy. Wow! <laughs> and uh, and his nurse apparently, but they they were both dressed in their night clothes and, and cold, you know. And, oh my gosh! And uh, so we took them into the house and and uh, talked with them and and uh, that. But for a while, we had a, we had in house yeah with the thing right a dark you know dark you're right you were dealing with the spirit being there that yeah. yeah that 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 was driving that flesh and that's exactly the way it works in the spirit realm and you know it isn't that people are I mean there are a lot of really good folks out there that just aren't born again. So the little spirit's darkened, but that doesn't mean, you know, if they're not trying, they're just ignorant of what's going on. I was in the jail last night, and uh, there were a lot of kids in there who were genuinely looking, you know. Nobody ever really told them. Nobody ever given them the gospel. And, um, you know, they're, they're hungry little beings, spirit beings that are hungry, just starved. And you know what they're starved for? Just pure love. Just to be loved. Just to be accepted. And uh, I don't care how old they were. 
That's the one thing they all were hungry for, starving for the love of God, and they just didn't know how to get to it. And in the spirit realm, you're aware of that. In the flesh realm, they didn't know what they needed. You know, they're just trying to fill up anything with the flesh. In the spirit realm, I could see it as plain as day. You know, it, it was so plain to me. Their behaviors, <clears throat> everything about them um, was driven by, by a spirit need, you know, but they were trying to deal with it in a flesh manner. And so there were a lot of dark little spirits in that room. A lot of dark little spirits in that room. And, um, you know, it's just heartbreaking. All right, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 5, we've been here before too, but just kind of look at it with new eyes. Okay. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men or in flesh, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak a wisdom among them that are perfect, mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, the material world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. There's your spirit beings. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I, and this is literally physically, I yen, a physical eye. A physical eye has not seen, nor has a physical ear heard. Neither have entered into the hearts of man. That means, you know, your material understanding. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Spirit speaks to spirit. Your physical man, your physical eyes, your physical ears cannot begin to wrap their um, understanding around the things of God. But because you're a spirit being on the other side, God has revealed them to you in the spirit realm. Where he has all your blessings stored up, where you are seated together in a place of authority, in the heavenly places. He has revealed it to us, to, to us by his spirit. Um, for the spirit searches all the things, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. What's freely given to us? All heavenly blessings in heavenly places. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's what's given to us. And as a spirit being alive to the things of God, he can reveal those to us. Not by our own eyes, not by our own fellowship years. Material has nothing to do with it. But our spirit man can sense that. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spirit. Now the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So while there are all these flesh men walking around in the material, there are also a whole bunch of spirits walking around in the spirit. And those of us who are born again have a knowing 
an intimate knowing that reveals to us all the wisdom of God. And what does that wisdom pertain to? It pertains to his creation. So you and I, when we begin to uh, attend to the spirit side of things, have a spiritual understanding about what needs to be done to alter the material. That's where the wisdom is. And that's why material men, natural men, can't fix it. Why it keeps getting worse and worse because natural men are trying to figure it out of their own natural wisdom. But when you access the things of God, those blessings that have been given to us in heavenly places where we're seated in authority, then we have the wisdom to be able to do something about the material through the Spirit. Okay. It's spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. No physical man can judge your wisdom because your wisdom comes from the spirit realm, okay? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It's not even knowing it. We have it. The mind of Christ. Um, we've been given that. So in the spirit realm, there are those um, dark spirits but we have the ability to discern dark from light. You know, when you, when you meet a person, it doesn't take very long before you know you're talking to a dark spirit or a light spirit. And you may not even know it, but sometimes you walk away from people with the willies because your spirit man has judged the spirit of another man. Spirit has judged spirit, discernment. Um, so um, when you and I are walking around this world there are angels there are demons but there are also human beings and when you and I meet human beings we need to be in the spirit realm to discern what's going on in the spirit and not in the material um, trying to pick it up from the flesh side you can't but this, when you're walking in the spirit and you're discerning you see a lot more things you know than you do when you're um, focused on the flesh so bottom line here what we got to do is just change, um, change our perspective. Jesus kept screaming, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Change the way you think because the kingdom of God is superimposed on you. You're living in it. You're walking in it. You're exposed to it every day of your life. Be conscious of it. You know, because that's where all the blessings come from. That's the source of blessing. You know, and um, you and I are the ambassador or the conduit through which those blessings flow. We have the authority over this material world. We have the word of God. Um, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit. But um, we just have to back up, you know, and take our eyes off of, um, uh, yeah, off of this material realm. So, okay. So, you know what we didn't even catch up with last week? <laughs> So, how do you do that? Go backwards. The herder we go. The behinder we get. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But that this was better. I felt like we got it a little bit straightened out. And the Lord had a lot more to say about that than I did. So, thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah. Let me just pray for you real quick. And now.
throw you out. Oh my goodness, Father. Thank you for your word. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you work in us this week. That you um, stir up our spirit, man. That you cause us to be more aware of the spirit realm than we are of our flesh. Take us out of our flesh. Um, Lord, we choose to mortify the flesh, like Paul says. Just mortify it. And... um, because it was crucified with Christ, it was buried with Christ, and our spirit man was risen with him. And um, so, Lord, I just ask that you would help us to do that um, every day, that we begin to walk more out of the spirit, more conscious of where we truly live than, than we have in the past. Because um, I know out of that comes, the, comes your great miracles and um, healings and the blessings of God because that's where the access is. And Lord, I, I'm just desiring to see a mighty move of your spirit. I, I'm desiring to see people healed. I'm desiring to see supernatural miracles happen. And um, so Father, I just ask that you continue to take us on this way. And bring us to that place where we can speak to the storm. Peace be still. And it just dies under our feet, Lord. I I so desire to take that authority and exercise it. Because you've given it to us. And um, forgive us for not taking it up as we should have. Um, Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory for everything you do for us. We know every good thing comes from your hand. And we are most grateful and we love you. Amen. Amen. Things that make my mind go boom. Joe bought an apple pie. (laughs) And I'm reading it. It's on the stove. And right in the front, in great big letters, it said, it's apple pie made from real apples. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Do they make make apple pies out of artificial apples? Or is your apple pie with no I don't know. (laughs) Good question. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. You think, oh my gosh. We still have it. You need to take a picture. You should. You should take a picture of that.